Welcome to the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast, a fresh perspective on AFL Fantasy Classic brought to you by the Keeper League Pod. Huge episode inbound. We're joined by fantasy footy royalty, John Harmy, to chat about navigating the buys and an absolute ton of players we should be targeting. Harmy's on the pod pod. Welcome to the Pod Pod. I'm Doss here with Louis. Louis, back in the Ludio this week, mate, and it's uh, it's very cozy in here. Beautiful. Yeah, very cold as well it in Adelaide tonight, Dossie. But how how you going, mate? How'd you go this week in fantasy? Oh, absolute dog shit, Louis. Um, <laughs> not, not good, mate. Uh, we've got Baz Lenko out the backyard, uh, barking around, probably laying a few of my scores. Yeah, from probably the weekend <laughs> around the yard. I think I got 1971 this week in round 11, um, but. More importantly, though, Louis, a bit of bit of icing on top for me, though. Beat the Statesman in our head-to-head matchup. Only 1945 for the Foss, the year he was born. So, um, pretty solid, pretty pretty good small win. Wins, small wins, small wins, Doss. Nice. That's it. How about you, mate? You're still just firing up the top of the ladder there, aren't you? Yeah, notched up my- uh, might be my third 2200 of the season. Uh, it's funny. It seems to happen every time Jordan Degoe gets on a on an end of a good score. So, I got 2201 uh, and i am come up the ranks about 200 spots up to 576. So, in a, in a nice little spot before the buys and uh, I'll see how I navigate through them. I'm only um, 14,000 spots below you, Louis, too, now. So, not doing too bad myself. All right, Louis, on to Nailed It, Failed It. And for me this week, I'm just going the easy one for me, 110. Jack Crisp, just been really consistent, rewarded me pretty, uh, rewarded me nicely lately. Moved back into the midfield as well with uh, Bucks trying a few new things. And he's just been a pleasant surprise for me. I started with him, was hoping he would uh, get the injection of score from the heart, the new rules on the half pack line didn't really work out the way I was planning. But now moving into the midfield, just the old way that we like to see our defenders score, and he's doing awesome. Yeah, love it. Jack Crisp is fantasy favourite of mine. I, I usually start him most years, actually, and uh, doesn't always work out for me until the end of the year. But but no, I love Jack Crisp, and and he's been in some wicked form. Oh, yeah, Good day at the moment too. I think he's about seven forty k. So yeah, he's he's up there now. What's your uh, what was your nailed it this week? Uh, my nailed it was Heaney. So traded okay. him in last week, luckily. Oh, so I copped his eighty four two and uh, one thirty five. Uh, his second week in my team. It was really nice to see. I, I honestly didn't even expect a 110 from Heaney. So, 135, fantastic. Now, 25 break-evens. So, should make some cash as well. Monster score. I didn't see that coming. Uh, but good on you, Louis, for seeing ahead and uh, bringing him in. Failed it, though. What's your negative one here? And I think I might be yeah. a bit smug on this one myself. Look, but- I'm going to give it to Zach Bailey. Um Doss, you can be as smug as you like, mate. But um, <laughs> Sitting look, from way back where I am, I don't think I can. can I we spoke about it in the Harmy interview coming up, but um, when you can identify a point of difference and you can actually draw conclusions to maybe that upside or that they're heading towards that upside. So, for example, Bailey was, I think it was 17%, 33%, 49% CBAs going yep. into the week I chatted him in. So, sort of trying to predict that um, that upside. I haven't gotten it wrong because he's actually gone up in price. He's outperformed his average, which, so upside, that's always great. But I really wanted to be getting 80s to 90s out of Bailey, not 70s to 80s. So, um, unfortunately, he's my favourite and he's probably going to get the flick this week. But he was always going to get the flick throughout the buys. Yeah, so. I, understood you. I, I understood your logic. Your logic was the Lockie Neal was that there was an absence of centre bounce people in the team. We'd had Lockie Neal get injured. His centre bounces had risen. The logic was there. Unfortunately, he's just played too good forward. And was carving that up forward and and unfortunately, I just didn't see Devin Robertson and Reese Matheson playing such a large role mate, in that midfield. The too. barometer. So the, the barometer. barometer. <laughs> yeah, the barometer. Uh, anyway, my failed it though. And I can't talk, Louis. Mine's far worse than yours. I got very greedy with uh, the VC loophole. Oh, no. So This always, it hurts when this happens. Yeah. Chucked it on Gorney. Had the 118. Ready to be banked. I, you know, I've got enough red dots on my team to to make use of them. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. I've got plenty of red dots. Could have got, could have taken the 118, but no. Opted for a Titch. Opted. What were you expecting from Titch? Oh, 140. 
Would have been 140? Nice. Yeah, yeah. Just, the, just a mild 140. Yeah, Look, you don't he, ask he's for been much. averaging 130 on the Suns. And yeah, just my greedy mind was looking at that matchup thinking, gee, the versus the Suns, he averages 130 on them. They haven't been tagging too much. I think he was even uh, number one on our on our mate uh, Calvin's captains. And, and he's been doing an awesome job this year with his captains. Looked like a smash play and I was very happy to go with it. 73, just didn't look himself. Oh, to be honest, I was watching my West Coast get smashed by Essendon, so it was really it was a double blow. I was checking the scores on one on my phone, looking at the Weagles, switching every now and then over and seeing where's Titch. Couldn't couldn't side him half the time, mate. So just just an absolute stinker. And I want to ask you. I think we we do touch on it with Harmy as well a bit later. But are you worried at all with Titch? If as a, if you were a non-owner, put it this way: if you're a non-owner, would you bring him in? Uh, look, I probably wouldn't bring him in off the back of a 73, um, but, you know, ask me in a week when Titch is coming off the round 12 bye. Well, he hasn't scored since then. I would. I mean, look at his career average. Look at what he's done this season. He's dipped under 100, I think, two times, maybe three times, but they've been respectable 75 pluses. Um I'd, no, I'd still target Titch, Dossie. And just um, caught me off guard there. What I wanted to say on that VCC uh, loophole is that I know I know you do try and chase that larger score, but when you've got both players already and you don't bank a 118, I go as low as 110. I take a 110. Yeah. Because if I've got both those players and Gorn goes 110 and Titch goes 120, mm. we'll only lose out on 10 points. Yeah, I think to be honest with you, Lou, as well, I often don't do the loop because I don't trust myself. Old Dossie's ways. No, I'm the same. I, I check a hundred times I on the loop. Put it, if I if I went the loop, I bet you my 73 doubled from Titch would have been a Finn McRae getting 24 for me. Yeah, so, yeah. Miles I, Bergman, I, I just 15. don't trust myself. So it comes down to that a little bit. I just always very wary of uh, of doing the loophole, even though I know it's just so much smarter to do it. So from now on, Louis, yeah, mark my words. I'm a loopholer. I'll be there. I'll, I'll follow you in. Now, Louis, the buyers are here. It's, uh, it's time to get serious and we, we're going to be talking to Harmy soon about all the buy structures and, and, well, to be honest, we've talked mostly about the buy structures in the past few weeks. We're going to be talking a lot about players to be targeting with Harmy, but also we've got to talk about the DPPs, which have just dropped just in time. Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise, Doss. I, I messaged you that night saying, hey, Doss, uh, DPPs tonight? Went, mm. Oh shit! They actually are. Might need to run it to the add it to the run sheet here. But let's just talk about all the uh, options in classic, and maybe just more of the. We'll touch on the the more relevant Quick ones fire, here. Yep. But I'll smash through just who got it. Sam Berry added forward. Chase Jones added defender. They're draft guys, and hopefully you're jumping off Sam Berry now. Schonberg from Adelaide as well, adding mid. Chris Main is the first one that tempts my eye here, getting defensive status. I've been flagging him for a few weeks here. Are you at all interested in Chris Main? Uh, ask Stato on Pod Pod Plus, Dossie. All right, Scott Pendlebury adding forward. <laughs> uh, Scott Pendlebury adding forward status. That, we that talk- one's interesting. Scott Pendlebury adding forward status. He's about 580K. He's very cheap. Uh, he's carrying something at the moment, though. The Pies have confirmed that he's yeah. playing sore, so you wouldn't touch it now, but- uh, in four weeks' time, if Scott Pendlebury dishes up a 90, you got to sit up and take note. Mm. James Stewart adding defensive status purely for draft as a defender forward now. Caleb Graham, defender Ruck, also not relevant really. Jai Farah, if you're still holding him, at least you can now swing him into your defensive lines. He's a forward defender. Sean Higgins, um, that's a mid-forward that does tempt us a little bit. Yeah, he's one of those guys that you get every year who um, can be a top six forward. They sort of sit between that four to eight to 12, depending on their day. And Sean Higgins, I think, is that. But it takes a brave fantasy coach to pick a bloke that old, Mm. I think. He's he's 32, 33 now. And his best ever career average was like 95. Yeah. And that was north. And on the bye this week, which is even harder. So, so many hard things to pick, but also in ripping form. So, you might look at him as a pod. On the, uh, on the Point of Difference podcast. Harry Perryman adds defensive status. Does that at all tempt you? He does have a fantasy game. Does for next injured, year. Though, isn't he? Do you know what? It does for next year. Yeah. Not this year, but uh, if he can hold on to that, it will. How long is he out for? He's out for a while, isn't he? I thought he was injured. I'm not sure on that one. I have to check that one out. Uh, Xavier O'Halloran adding forward status for GWS as well. Uh, so many uh, 
GWS pliers in here. Obviously, Leon throwing those uh, magnets around. Lockie Whitfield, just a bit more flexibility for us. We're all looking to target him coming off his buy. Uh, he's a defender mid now, which just a little bit added what, flexibility. What did he add? Mid. Mid. He okay. Was a pure defender. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, James Cousins, that kind of interests me a little bit with the fact Clarko, with my fear around Titch uh, in the Clarko magnet shuffle potential coming up, uh, going down the bottom of the ladder. James Cousins could be a guy that gets a fair bit of mid-time and he's now a mid-forward. Just one to look at. I wouldn't more of a draft player as well. James Harms, just getting that added flexibility for owner, defender mid. Taran Thomas... Mid-forward, he's been getting a stack of centre bounces, but obviously he's just adding midfielder. So, again, flexibility, but great for draft and keeper owners getting all those centre bounces and playing really well lately. Uh, Artu Bossanavalagi, uh, defender forward for anyone unlucky enough to be stuck with him still as a rookie. Just a bit more flexibility for you to chuck him around. Uh, actually could be handy for a few people holding him. Defender mid for Dan Houston. So, he's just added mid. Again, flexibility. We love him as a target. You'll hear more about him later. Liam Baker getting that mid status. By the way, Liam Baker was still getting center bounces on the weekend somehow. I, I thought it may happen, but very happy to see it happening. Unfortunately, didn't score too great, though, on the weekend, did Baker. Jack Graham adding forward status. Bradley Hill adding defender status, but really just completely irrelevant this year. Yeah, does isn't he, be- he? Does he become relevant if he turns the corner and is oh, ultra I don't cheap? know. I've sort of been looking at him at a low price every single week, and it keeps getting lower. And I, I keep going, oh, this is the week where it'll turn. Mm. Um, I wouldn't touch it. Uh, and Jason Johannesson, another guy you're not touching, just one of the really falling off a cliff this year, unfortunately, getting uh, defender and now forward status. So he's completely changed his end of the ground, as Bevo loves to do with a few players. Huge news, though, was uh, Grundy confirmed out two to three weeks. And again, we're probably going to be touching on a lot of this stuff that you're going to be hearing will be touched on with Harmy. We had a massive, massive chat with him. So keen to talk to him about Grundy. But just quickly, a very quick take on that, Lou, before we get to the main discussion. Uh, yeah, okay. Quick take is if you don't have Max Gorn, trade Grundy to Max Gorn. Uh, if you don't... Um, I wouldn't hold. That's just my thoughts at this stage. And I think Shawnee Darcy is a really good option. All right. Caught me off guard there, Darcy. Make sure you tune into the chat with Harmy. It's coming up next uh, where we go pretty in-depth on that situation there. And if you do enjoy the weekly podcast, then join up to be a member of Pod Pod Plus for an extra weekly podcast recorded on a Wednesday night with five-time top 100 finisher, The Statesman. And that's just focused on answering a stack of your questions. You get to join the exclusive Pod Squad Facebook group as well to throw around your trade ideas and brainstorm with other Pod Pod Plus members and gee, there's a few top coaches going around in that in that Pod Pod Plus group now. Very high in the rankings, uh, doing pretty well. So we also give you a shout out on this podcast if you join. So welcome to our latest members of the Pod Squad: Scott Neatfield, Flum Squid Forty Five, Brad Harrison, Jeremy McFeet, Rick Lee, and Reese Gernon. Welcome and a huge thanks to all our new members. Welcome aboard. And uh, anyone else that wants to join up, head to keeperleaguepod.com.au, go to the premium resources tab and hit bonus episodes, or just click the link in this episode and sign up today. Joining us now, though, Louis, we get to our chat. He is one of the goats of the fantasy world, finishing sixth overall in 2017 and second in 2019, arguably you might say, the best fantasy coach this side of Marrera's magic and Selby Lestia. It's John Harmy. Let's go. Right, we're joined by John Harmy. Two top 10 finishes in the last five years, mate. You got your eye on another hat in 2021? Oh, I would love another one. Yeah, that's always the aim. I start the year um, sort of hoping for be top 100 and it's not happening at the minute, but uh, it's always a chance. How's your season been? Like, um, where are you sitting at the moment and do you see yourself making a big jump over the buys? I know the statesman who's a big fan of your work uh, often makes a big move over the buys. Louis here is the same. So, are you looking to make a huge jump over the next few weeks? Oh, traditionally I have, um, Dos, but I guess... You don't know. This, this season's sort of been a little bit um, different because I've a couple of injuries, as a lot of other coaches have. Um, but I guess we'll see. I sort of 
um, have tried to make the right trades and seeing improve my team every week and covering off um, my bench players as well, not just burning my bench off. So let's see if that uh, comes comes through with the goods or not. I'm not sure. Yeah, so we've, we've had a pretty interesting year altogether this year with the rule changes at the start of the year, not knowing how that was going to affect stuff and back to 20-minute quarters coming off the adjusted stats with Corona Ball as well last year. Uh, what's been your biggest challenge, do you think, in 2021 so far? I think some things um, in that have come through as we thought they would, as in those inflated averages around your Max Gorn, um, I don't know, Lockie Neal, those sorts of players have come through Right, but I think that the game style has adjusted now and the the backman getting those big scores and that bump in the first few rounds was, I mean, it was really good because I actually loaded up on quite a few backs, but um, now it's sort of coming back to the pack, I think. So whether, you know, all of those things that we thought will happen will continue through the rest of the season, you know, time will tell. But, um, yeah, I think, I mean, there's... there's if you if you were a, a footy fan, you would have predicted some of those um, inflated averages from last season, I think. And um, yeah, I think most of the people that would be listening to this podcast would have been across that. Yeah, I think I think you're right on that. It's just about it was about getting the balance right too. I think I I backed in the defenders as well, but I just went too heavy and I went on guys that had already had a relatively high average, thinking they might even jump another 10, 15 mm. points, say, with these new rules. And I don't think that necessarily happened, but it was about just getting that balance right, I think. Yeah, we flagged it at the start of the preseason, actually, that quite often new rules come in and, and coaches adjust and they find the little nooks and crannies to exploit yeah. that. But then six weeks down the line, they're actually looking the other way and going, okay, this is starting to hurt us. How can we totally mitigate this risk? And basically, yeah, that's when you get back to square one and yeah. and you and the coaches have to start thinking about what happens next. So it feels like we hit that spot, yeah, definitely a few weeks ago at least. And uh, it's been sort of building from there and things are back to relatively normal anyway, Lou. Yeah, well, I think unless, um, unless probably you- Jaden Short scoring uh, throughout the year, if you go from round one to round 11, probably really um, is a good example of how that rule yeah. has affected over the course of the season. Sorry, Harmy, just to cut you off there. I know you're right. I was just going to say, I don't think North Melbourne's got the message yet, though. That Jack Zebel to um, Aaron Hall yeah. chip, chip uh, around the back pocket seems to still be going strong. Yeah, it's like the old amateurs training when they give you the footy and tell you to just kick it around in the defensive 50 and play keepings off, isn't it? It's uh, ridiculous what game style they're playing at the moment. It's almost gone the other way as well. I think Bucks has been looking over at David Noble and uh, say, hey, Chrissy Main, look at what Zeeble's doing, mate. Uh, I think we've got a role for you back there. What are you liking about Chrissy Main lately? Oh, Doss, stop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have you got him Doss did you bring him in oh mate oh, I nearly brought him in last week I, I, could, I couldn't do it but uh, the DPP. defensive status this week it's coming yeah in. nice anyway. reckon if I gave you the okay this week you would have done that one Dossie but hey you know Chris Main's someone who's surprised us this year he's, he's gone on bursts before um, Harmy what are some of your biggest hits and misses for this season quite often we hear about players that ruin your season and players that set up your season. Who are some of those that you started with this year? Yeah, um, Louis, the, like, I like to not, I mean, I, I have a fairly vanilla team um, and most weeks for me, I can sort of pick who the right person to, to, to bring in. Like I think there's a few weeks ago, it was sort of Aaron Hall and then the week after, I think it may have been James Harms. Um, so sometimes it's clear, but I also like to try and pick um, players that have a lower percentage ownership, um, you know, to be a bit different from those top tier teams, especially when I'm trying to make up points here now. So, some of the misses that I've um, had this year are sort of around that, probably just trying to chase somebody a little bit different. Like, I brought in Andrew Brayshaw and then he sort of got injured, and I brought in Dan Houston and he got injured. But uh, my biggest issue that I still have in my team stems from around. Two, I um, had James Harms in round one, and he started off really well. And then he, I think he broke his hand. I think it's hand wrist. Yeah. And um, I thought, great opportunity. I'll get the biggest preseason hype guy out there, Zach Williams, and he's still hurting me uh, at the minute. <laughs> that was the right move too, because he was oh. he was so unique at that point after missing round one. I think. 
Yeah, so, but I mean, because you try and upgrade your rookies first, I've sort of held strong with him, even though may, it, there's probably opportunities to jump off. And another one in that boat was um, Caleb Sorong, who I've had from the start of the season. And he's, I mean, woof, what did he get on the weekend? 46, 48? Oh, it was oh, putrid. It was no it was good. He was on like 20 at half time. It was really poor. Yeah, oh, that, as- I had, um, yeah, had something on it. The kid's birthday party. And so I jumped on just before half time and 16 points he's on. And I thought, oh, must have been injured. There must be a reason for this. And I've had a look, 16 points, unbelievable. This is, I mean, the guy that scored 143 um, a few weeks ago. So, yeah, that hurt me. But it does sound, does sound like you're on the right podcast. You're into a few point of differences uh, by the sounds of things. Now, what's... What sort of mate? It sounds like the point of difference is it's what Statesman has told us in the past as well. They can either make or break your season in a way. When when do you tend to lean towards that sort of a pod pick when you've got the obvious choice as well? There is there just something? It's got to be a bit of gut feel, of course. But is it like do you lean towards a pod more when there's just a such an obvious clear role? That you that you're liking, like a midfield role or a defensive role, like a Chris Main type, as a point of difference. But what's what are you after when you're picking a pod? Uh, well, the, the, I mean, there could be a pod for a number of reasons, though. So they could be a pod because um, they're coming off injury or suspension, and um, with Williams because he was coming off suspension, I didn't think that there was the risk because um, for so, let's say for somebody like Lockie Whitfield, I'm, I'm willing to wait a week or two to see how they come back before I'll jump on. Um, okay. But look, really it's just about role. I mean, with the, with the forwards and backs, ideally it's a midfielder um, that's, that's coming in there. But yeah, sometimes you just got to go with the group though. I mean, like that is the right call. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Now that coaches are so astute and they've got all their news, their Twitter news, the popular pick quite often is the right pick and Mm. that's why so many coaches are jumping on and that's where you can find your point of differences going against it. Personally, for me, Doss, if I'm picking a point of difference, I want to be able to see about 10 points upside or just upside in general so that I can tell myself that, all right, I'm picking this guy based on the fact that I think he can go at this and then at least, you know, uh, if if it goes wrong, which point of differences quite often can, then at least I know that you know there was a reason for me to pick them in the first place. Yep, just totally agree with that, Louis. With every player that I bring in, I want to see the upside. Okay, so with every player that I bring in, I still want to see some value in them. Um, I can't think of an example at the moment, but. Uh, Jack Jack McRae, Jack McRae, right? So um, I'm not going to jump on Jack McRae unless there's a really good reason at the moment, and I won't do so with those sorts of guys who I feel are fully priced until about last five weeks of the year. When, but, but I mean, look, he might be a touch different because he's a captaincy option every week. And if I don't have another captaincy option, then that may be an argument to get him in. But with every player I bring in, I want to see some upside. Yeah, and and that doesn't mean that there's a price tag you're not willing to go to, just that their points from then on have to outscore the price. So they might be priced at, say, would you still, you know, say, I think a guy you're looking at, Louis, this week or in the future weeks is Christian Petrarca. He's still over 700K, but you see value and you'd be you'd be happy going there, Harmy, as well. It's, it doesn't matter about the price, just that point scoring upside. Uh, I don't have his stuff right in front of me, but I've got a feeling he's about $70,000 down for the year. So that's an indication that there is upside with him. Um, But I think that last year in that Melbourne midfield, there was a really solid four, and he was in that midfield all the time. I think that his role at the moment, he's floating a bit more forward, isn't he? Yeah, I reckon we'd have to check the centre bounce rotation, but you're probably spot on there, mate. I think that they're sort of looking to change it up a little bit and get him involved forward. And maybe that uh, guy you're talking about before, uh, Harmsy, not quite Harmy, but Harmsy might be actually affecting him a little bit there with his move back in the midfield and even uh, Viney coming back soon. It might be might be more of a risky option than maybe we think would. And it's quite funny, Harmy mentioned that um, trading in a Jackson McRae now probably doesn't present upside and he's, he's spot on. If you're not captaining Jackson McRae and he dishes up an 80 next week, 
the competition cops a 160, you've then actually created your own upside and point of difference by by not having that player, and that's what we speak about. The other thing with the Demons this year is they're being they're going so well, and they they're not so reliant. So I think they can afford to run some of these guys like your James Jordan or Charlie Spargo, whatever. They can give them a few runs through the middle just for that experience. And I'll tell you, I actually believe that is why they lost that game against Adelaide a couple of weeks ago because they were complacent. They just um, wouldn't put Maxi Gorn in the middle all the time because they were trying to give um, Luke Jackson a bit of education and it just came back to bite them. So maybe that's a learning for them. Yeah, and um, maybe it's the right thing to do um, in an AFL sense as well. Just you know, get those young kids a go. But for our fantasy teams, not not the best. Uh, not the best for knowing what's going to happen. A bit Bevo esque there. Hey, I think we've got a massive um, talking point this week, and we want your opinion on it. We've got you on the show. You're our fantasy legend, of course. So, what do we do with Brody Grundy? Is ruled out for two to three weeks, according to reports um, this today. Yeah, I really uh, like Brody Grundy. I hate Collingwood as a Bombers supporter, but uh, <laughs> um, he's always in the contest, uh, Grundy. But it's, I mean, I was still holding out hope that he would be right um, because I, I have structured my ruck around Grundy and Gorn being there for the rest of the season. So it's it's a bit of a difficult one because I don't really want to trade him out. Um, and... And with a buy period, you could sort of have a look at the way that it suits your buy structure. So, if, I mean, there's a number of options you can do. You, you could hold. Um, you might have a playing uh, bench and like R3 that you could sort of help you through or you could just sit this week out, see what happens and then look jumping on a Reeves from Hawthorne and, and um, playing and still holding Grundy on your bench, but that's a lot of money sitting there on your bench. So, with these sort of injuries, I'm generally a trade. Um, however, I think there's quite a bit of risk that if you trade out, and if I have a look at a few names here, I mean, you've got Darcy and Nick Nat, they're, they're um, up there as from a price perspective. You've got Riley O'Brien, you've got some cheaper options, you've got Nank. Um, but the, the thing, the risk that I can see is that people will cash out. And they will use that money elsewhere and then not be able to bring him back whenever he's fit, which it might be um, around 15. So, And because he's one of those, something else I look for in a player is top end, um, like their, their ceiling. And he's one of those players that could really hurt you. If he goes, comes back, goes on a tear, um, you know, he could be 140. Yeah, it's those players that you watch week to week and you're, Every time they get the the ball, you're cringing, and the fact that they just get the ball every second it's 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 the McCrays of the world and the Grundies that their scores just get up there. And this year for me, it's been guys like Zebel and Hall that have I've just been watching painfully watching. Makes them it every hard, week. doesn't it? Yeah, it does make it hard. But yeah, Louis, what about you? Uh, what's your Grundy situation? Uh, look, I was thinking about this today, Dossie at work, and um, for me. Uh, at least with my structure, and I'm, I'm sure I'll see the light later on in the week and have a bit of a clearer view, but I think you have to ask yourself, do I want Brody Grundy at the end of the year? Obviously, you do. Yes. So, I'm not going down to another Ruckman. I'm not going to mess around with Riley O'Brien, Toby Nankivis, uh, Zach Smith. You know, I, I'm not going to do it because I'm realising that that's just going to be another trade later on down the track because I want Grundy in my team. So, what I'm saying is... I think that's when we have to start looking creatively. So either you hold, which I think you can throughout the buys, top 18, maybe able to manage it. It's not as bad as if it was a regular season round, but I think you have to have a serious look at Sean Darcy and to a lesser extent, uh, Tim English, just because they've got that forward status and it actually allows you to be able to throw them out of your ruck line and bring Grundy in whenever you can, assuming you've planned for that, but also bank a top six forward. So, obviously, Sean Darcy's the man for that, not so much Tim English unless he goes on a tear. So, you're using a trade you didn't want to use, but you're actually still banking a keeper player for the rest of the year. I think that's the way that I would want to play it. I actually quite like the fact that um, Brandy's gone down because it it's one of these twists and it's a it's going to be a really defining moment for a lot of these teams that are up there because they can't hold. If, if, if you are in contention or if you're in the top 100 right now, you've got to trade. So who those guys go to um, could really make a big difference where they finish up in the season. Look, I, I think that because I've got um, 
Gorn and Grundy, you may use this as an opportunity to correct your buy structure a little bit, and it, it might be um, Toby Nankervis uh, for that um, on that basis. Or, yeah, or, I, uh, think, I think um, I think Nick Nat Nui's got a where's his buy? Nick Nat Eagles, they're, they're that round thirteen buy, so they're the same yeah, as um, Togs. I did write those two off pretty quickly. I, I agree. I think being that round twelve or round thirteen buy, that's where it sets it apart a little bit because you're not you're not stuck with those two big dogs, Grundy and Gorn, which we we always are every year because that Queen's birthday game. So yeah, that that's another reason you could do it. Uh, hey John, another couple of things. Do you have some post buy Uber premium targets or value targets that you want to maybe share with us on the show? Yeah, this is um, when you said earlier, Doss, about how I've made a bit of ground in the past. This is a sort of period where I I make a list. So I just I make a list of my team as it looks, um, and I look at some players that I sort of feel I don't really want to be there at the end of the buy period, and try and move them um, up, up. So you're looking at sort of two, three, or four um, upgrades through that period. So I've got a bit of a list I'm running at the minute. Um, that, uh, like I've sort of gone through those those buys, so you're 12, 13, 14, and I've identified players that I am sort of think present value at the moment, um, and we can talk through um, where they sit, and then I've sort of got a bit of a list, and, but because my team's uh, not going very well, <laughs> uh, the, I, I sort of can't make those really big jumps, so I'm sort of making planning on some incremental stuff at the moment. But if I have a look through and I'll reel off a few names for you guys and you can tell me what you think, you might um, tell me I'm a fool, Louis, because your ranking's actually pretty good at the minute. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. Balls okay. are cold to be telling you that. Yeah. So uh, the round 12 buy um, is a bit of a mixture of primos and, and um, sort of mid-prices, I suppose, here because I guess I've got a list that I'm trying to target. But coming off that round 12 buy, I think you should really be trying to get in either Lockie Whitfield, lower ownership, or um, Josh Kelly, who's just come out in that last few weeks and smashed it. Um, it was a little bit disappointing. I couldn't get on him um, a few weeks ago. But I think those two, I mean, they should be who everybody's really targeting, and preferably Whitfield if you can do it. Oh, locks, locks for me. Absolutely, but, and it yeah. would be Whitfield first for me, actually, just because uh, coaches have been jumping on Kelly uh, early because he is quite cheap. I think Whitfield's still got a little bit to fall, so he's certainly the more unique one at the moment. So that's who I'd choose first. What about you, Harmy? Oh, look, honestly, I was actually trying to get from Miles um, Bergman up to um, to Josh Kelly, over that period. Well, that's and, that's and where it works, of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And both round 12 players, um, you know, but it's not going to happen now because because Bergman uh, got dropped and in his emergency, I had to move him on. And and I'll tell you who I moved him on to. I sort of had the choice of uh, Hunter and Isaac Heaney. And I went with who I thought was going to be the better scorer, which was Hunter. And then Heaney pops up with a massive 135, which, um, again, another kick in the guts. But. Um, I'll just reel off a few other names uh, from that from that buy. I mean, Titch, Titch again. I mean, I don't know if he's got the value um, that we have. If, if you captained him not last week and the one before, he got one thirty three. I think it was. Then you'd be pretty happy and you'd disagree with me. But I'm just not sure whether he's your hundred and twenty averaging midfielder at the minute. Well, if you captain him this week, like me, Harmy, you'd be pretty, uh, pretty disappointed with how he's right. going. I actually am me. concerned. I got a bit concerned on the weekend watching. I think Clarko started maybe trying a few different things, and mm. in in Titch's years where he was the pig, the the absolute dominant man, and before the broken leg, he was getting ninety percent centre bounces and ninety percent time on ground. He, he was just in there all the time and and getting all the time on ground. He's he's down at probably eighty percent and maybe even slightly lower in the centre bounces the last few weeks. It's just he's not going to get up. I, I think it. I think it's kind of fool's gold to think he'll get to 120 um, for the rest of the year kind of thing. But uh, that just might be a salty man coming off a of 73. But anyway, continue there, Harmy. Yeah, well, I mean, but, but that's a fair argument. I mean, Hawthorne, yeah, they should be trying a few different things. And I put um, Collingwood in the same boat. Like, I quite like still side bottom as an option. But can you tell me that he's going to sit in those CBAs and pump out clearances and get his hands around the ball? 
probably not because he might, he might go up forward and yeah. oh, I don't know. He, I mean, is, what's going on with him and Dacos? Dacos might go back in the guts and side, side he's up forward and then he doesn't present the value. I think he's 670-odd thousand at the moment, which should be a no-brainer for steel side bottom, but I've got some reservations there. Yeah, and Harmy, on the pies, we're actually seeing, we've seen McRae, Rantel, Bianco, Wilson, they're giving the kids a go. So, uh, still side bottom, you'd think would be top of the list for them to go. Still, take a back seat for this game. We want to get some some kilometres into the into the kids in this game and, and you're going to get parked up forward in the graveyard shift. So, yeah, that, that's a pretty valid concern there, Harmy. Well, Louis, when you say they're giving them a go, if you look at my team, they're giving them one go in uh, Rantel and Yeah, well, that's the problem. <laughs> Um, just some other people I'm looking off that by. I mean, James Warple, yeah, again, I'm not quite sure, but he's probably better than an 80-point averaging player, which he's priced at the moment. Josh Kelly, we spoke about. Um, Stephen Canigliar, I've just keeping a bit of an eye on that because I think after he's played two games, after he comes back, he could he could be um, some pretty good value. And, you know, we've got Callum Ward, who is probably uh, a target there as well, but he's putting up hundreds. Um but I feel like Cog is going to come back and sit in that middle and Ward will be pushed out again to his um, third man up in the ruck uh, position. Um, got Nick Haynes off the back line, very cheap at the minute um, because I think he got head- – no, he got injured, didn't he? And, yeah, uh, the nine. And then wasn't playing his natural role down back. They were putting him on a mm. wing and throwing him around the place. So I think they were yeah. trying to sort of slot him in with a few outs in the team yeah, and get Sam Ash and coming going as well down back. So seemed to be back there in his natural role as well. Yeah, Taylor's gone, isn't he? He's that key post normally. Yeah, he's just gone out. It's, it's actually quite interesting, Harmy. I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, it seems that Nick Haynes' role has reverted back to last year after all the GWS key defenders have gone down. <laughs> it's really weird. They've yeah. decided, oh, we're going to turn Jake Riccardi into a defender instead. Yeah, I- I'm not sure what goes on at GWS land. It's all a bit funny yeah. to me. Uh, so, I'll keep going through my list here. This is someone I'm pretty hot on. Uh, I reckon I'll be bringing in, and that's Dan Houston. Had, I did bring yeah. him in, only for him to get injured, which is pretty uh, painful. But uh, I think that you look at he put up at ninety seven on the weekend, and he's pretty cheap. Um, Very cheap. He's up there with my uh, up there with my uh, favorite favorite post buy bring in Dan Houston. Yeah, great to definitely. watch too. He's had multiple multiple injury games too. It's not just one. It's like. He's had one incredibly low time on ground sub out game, and then a couple of others, and then he returned a bit early and getting the sixty percent time on ground. So his ceiling's just great and price perfect. Another um, sub out on that uh, round twelve by is Mitch Duncan. And I think he will drop a little bit of coin. Uh, he he will be a good pickup if we can get him uh, at the right time, and because uh, yeah, he's someone that can score big time. Um, yeah, so that's my round twelve. People, I mean, but but really, it's sort of who you can remove to get them in as well. Uh, I'd love to get rid of CJ and Tom Phillips and get them up to Whitfield and Josh Kelly. Imagine that; that'd be amazing trading. But <laughs> it's uh, not going to happen for me. Um, yeah. So then we will talk about the round thirteen players. Uh, I still, I've got Dusty in my team. Brought him in a couple of weeks ago. I still reckon he's going to be a good pick uh, for people that are looking uh, coming off there. Um, again, I don't know. You want to be trading out around fourteen player to around thirteen coming off that buy. So it might be you know Warner to Dusty, and that's probably a pretty good move for people in that position. Um, Dion Prestia, I think he could could be a good pick. Only put up 70 points on his return, but the more he builds, um, what's he going to have another game there this weekend? So just have a look at that. If he scores near 100, it could be a good pick. Um, Zorko's probably pricing himself out of it now, but geez, he's been good since Neil went down. But Lockie Neil, uh, if he comes back, and I think they've sort of indicated that he may do, but if he Lockie Neil comes back and plays this weekend, man, everybody should be eyeing that one. Yeah, he, he's up there with uh, the top. Him and Houston, Whitfield, they're kind of my really big names that I definitely want in my team and then any others that I can squeeze in there if I can manage did to find some Did you bring in Neil as well previously? Oh, I had yeah. Neil the day. Yeah, I brought him in the week he did his ankle. So, mm. yeah, that, <laughs> oh, no. was, that was fantastic. Oh, I was looking at him sad. that week. So, yeah. so yeah. was I, yeah. <laughs> um, Thought he bottomed out, but uh, yeah, I was wrong on that one. Got Ridley. Oh, I was looking at him. I've been looking at him for a few weeks, sort of just thinking, oh, yeah, he'll be right, he'll be right, because he got like 120, 120 at the start of the year, but I'm thinking maybe it'll be a fade at this point, and you, you won't worry about it. Agreed. 
Um, Lockie Hunter brought him in, as I said, last week. I think that, I mean, what's he down? 250000 for the year. He was one of those guys that was overpriced because he just sat out on that wing last year and had good points per minute. But I think that he's a good target. Um, coming off that buy. Well, I think that one will come good for you, Harmy. I, I wouldn't be too worried about Hunter. I think, yeah, the role's back. He, he's got that role back now, and, and it definitely was an uptick in scoring. I think it was a pretty tough matchup, obviously, against Melbourne, so I think you'll be right yeah. there, mate. Got a couple more. Um, oh, Caleb Daniel, I, I put him in the same boat as Ridley. I mean, Caleb Daniel, I think he's priced at about mid-80s, and I reckon that's about what he'll finish at now. Um, Cripps. Can we talk about that? Oh, I, I had him yeah. all last season and, man, it was 130, 60, um, but he's just put 300s in a row and on the weekend of 120, I think you've got to look at it. It's his, his um, 640,000, so mid-600s. Yeah. What do you reckon, Lou? Oh, you got to look at it and if you can – he's priced lowly enough that you can actually go one up, one down or two down, one up to get on the end of Patrick Cripps. Uh, Harm is spot on, though. It's a roller coaster. It's a 71 week and then a 140 the other. Still averages 100, but it's funny. We it, It's almost like we see Patrick Cripps at this price every single season. Mm. So, he's, mm, yeah. al- he's always an option. I, I'd be interested to go back and look at the numbers on how that's burnt people or how that's awarded people. But, I mean- Purely numbers, you got to look at it. He is so underpriced based on what he's done in the last couple of years and certainly based on that, I think it was 2017 where he went 110. So, now I, yeah. I think a player of that sort of ceiling jumping on at this price is it's, it's not too far different from the Darcy Parishes of the world where if they yeah. can pump you out a few 130s, you're ahead of the competition. Yeah, Louis, I've got a feeling that that 2017 year is probably going to be the outlier for him. Um, and it, we've seen this with a few players. I don't think he's a 115. I can't remember the exact average he was in that year, but I don't think he's going to be a 115. I think that he's just going to... I think he, you're probably going to get more out of um, Sam Walsh, who's got a more consistent score build. Like, he, he sort of hits all of the um, scoring areas. Mm. Yeah, I agree but, with that. I think um, Cripp is almost... He's a little bit like Ben Cunnington, isn't he? He's obviously got a high ceiling, but... He's such a contested High ball. Contested he doesn't ball, actually yeah. have to do all the, not the little things, but he doesn't have to go spread out for marks to to have a solid game. He just needs to be in the guts, extracting the ball to to the blokes that can actually use the football because yeah, we and, know Cripps can't. Keep. And like we talk about Carlton now as well, and how much they're supposed to be sort of not living up to expectations at the moment. But their team's much more loaded than it was in the year that he absolutely carved up for us and averaged yeah. that 110. So, they, they've got a lot more mouths to feed now, as we like to say. And you like you guys like Walsh, who looks to be an absolute fantasy stud for years to come. He's going to be taking those points. But it's still very tempting given his scoring output lately. You got any more there for us, Harmy? Yeah, mate. Um, I've got one that I, I think... Big Louie, you brought in on the weekend. Bailey Smith, I thought he was going to um, hit 100 a few times for you, but um, what was it, mid-80s? So I think he still could be a pretty good pick because he's not even 600,000 at the moment, is he? No, uh, no, he he's under 600,000. Yeah, so I think he could be a good one on that round 13. I'll just hey. finish off these round 14 players, if you like. Can I jump in quickly just on your Bailey Smith call there? And You know, <laughs> I, I jump in with the... Um, the Dossies picks, who which often fail, but we like to we like to throw them out there anyway. A guy for a hundred and a bit thousand dollars less, surprisingly had similar centre bounce attendances to Bailey Smith, which absolutely shocked me from from the Bevo factor. We thought Bailey Smith was going to get all the leftover centre bounces. Looked like a few went uh, Lipinski's way. <laughs> Nearly split them almost the same amount with uh, Bailey Smith. He's only four ninety two k. Actually outscored Smith with a ninety five. Could you go there, Harmy, or is that just the Dossie's way there and uh, you're going to fail going that way? Well, so they should, Doss. He's a good player. I, I mm. sort of always feel a bit sorry for him. He seems to um, be the one that gets, you know, chopped quite a bit too often. But no, you can't do it. Uh, <laughs> you asked a question. <laughs> no, move uh, on, because, mate. That's all good. Because, <laughs> uh, because, I mean, the Bulldogs, and, and fair enough, they love him. They love Bailey Smith. He's a great player, had great junior fantasy numbers and he's translated that incoming in as you know so they'll want to put time into him because he's their man at the moment um yeah i mean with dunkley going to the bombers next year they'll want to put a bit of time in. <laughs> <laughs> lipinski i reckon would walk into 
any midfield in the comp bar the dogs and be a top three midfielder. He is so stiff. And yeah. I think he was a dog supporter growing up, so he's probably not going to leave either. So, Well, if Harmy gets his way and Dunks uh, set sail, then yeah, but good luck with that, mate. It sounds like he's best mates with Trelaw and they're both bunkering down at uh, Uncanny. <laughs> Um, so then we'll move on to round 14, a few players that I've been looking at, um, Jake Lloyd, but then I think maybe Jake Lloyd is actually about what he's going to do with, um, yeah, with the way that that Swans backline's working uh, this year. If you don't have Max Gorn, the time might be, well, if you don't have Max Gorn and you've got Grundy, it's this week for you. It's a, that's a, just a, That's an obvious know, one, yep. Yep. Um, but if not, coming out of that um, round 14 by his, his target. Sidey, look, I still like Sidey. Um, I think he put up a 106 on the weekend, and I, I think that he, he's still he's still going to end the season better than what he has done his first half. Um, I, I move past Adams because he's at knees just not right, is it? Poor guy. He's a great player when he's on. Yeah, I think he got ruled out today. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he's he, out now, so. Okay. Um, Chera, I think that... But again, he's scoring mid-80s. He, he had that uh, injured game, so his price is probably a little bit below. Um, you might get a you know $50,000, and then but you still got to use another trade to get him up to an uber premium at the end of the season there. Uh, Fife, if you need a forward line player, I mean, I've done this at a few seasons before. You'd sort of take somebody off that early buy because you need them um, to carry you through that last buy round. Um, Isaac Heaney, that is one that I missed on the weekend uh, because of uh, I had to patch something else. So, um, yeah, he's he's a he's a given. I think I'm going to have to try and get him in this week. Um, I think I might. What I might do is um, get rid of uh, CJ in my back line. I'll move Nick Hind to my back line just to cover this week, um, bringing in Heaney, and then next week I will um, probably trade out Warner, move Nick Hind. Um, and then bring in Houston, something what's, like that. What's been with Heaney? What's what's his scoring? Have you seen anything that's you've liked from the spike perspective, or is it just the scores that have been you know consistently the last couple of weeks that have just given him underpriced? Or have you actually seen something with your eyes that you're like, man, Heaney's actually got a better role now, or something like that? Uh, well, I, had, I have a, had a look into his history. He's, he's got two injured games this year, I think, doesn't he? Is there, so he's got two yep. games where he's been injured sort of before half time. So. The price that you're paying now isn't really reflective of the player that he is. But, yeah. I mean, it, Tom Papley is quite a good forward, but the Swans wanted in Heaney's hands um, when they're coming in there. And if it, you know, next week when Buddy gets injured, there's probably even more opportunity for him to um, get involved. And he's pushing high up the ground. He, he is playing yeah. forward, but you see him at halfback flank. And I was really impressed with his – I know he got 135 on the weekend, but I was super impressed with his 84 the week before because it was super wet that night. And he that was probably my main concern, bringing him in that week, that he would dish up a 50 or a 60 in the wet. Back he was able to go 84 and then back it up with a 135. Plus, historically, we know what Heaney can do. I think he's a super option. Well, for a mid-size forward, he takes a lot of marks, doesn't he? So it's a plus six because he's kicking it. Then, then it's delivering into the fifty. So it's a six. It's a six-point play for him. Yeah. Um, a few, just a few more to finish here. I, I like uh, Brad Crouch. I brought him in two weeks ago. Uh, very nice. And I think he gave me not a very good score to start with, but I sort of saw that. I thought the Saints had a pretty good run coming into their bye, and I think that he'll. I mean. He, was that two years ago? Uh, he averaged well over 100, and I think he could be like a 105 player from here on. Um, yeah, Clayton, Oliver, Christian Pratarka, not so sure, but they're, they're better players coming out of that if you, you want them. But then a couple of cheaper guys as well. Um, you got Dacos, and as a back option, Maynard, but I think that he played that accountable role on the weekend, so he may yeah, not he be, did. but he's, he's down on last year's price. And so you're saying, uh, Mains, he's an option this week. You've got to get Main this week. He's not post by. You've got to jump now. Isn't that right, Harmy? I have to go back through the feed there, but I think you said that, not me, Doss. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, if that's all you've got for us for buy, I think we've just got a few questions and we'll let you go because we've held you longer than we were planning on uh, going here, Harmy. But I've got a question for you from Craig here. Oh, what sorry, sort of just, one, just one more. 
Um, yeah, mate. Jordan Dugowie, is he an option, Louis, in the forward line? Very cheap. Uh, if we've got that injured game on three. I mean, he's an option for me because he's he's still actually sitting there at F6, which uh, it's it's actually not as bad to look at Jordan Dugowie at F6. It's, it's bearable. He's got Adelaide and Melbourne in the next two. Uh Look, I reckon at priced at four fifty, there's worse punts you could take. I think that Jordan Dugowie, even though he's had such a poor season, mm. is still a seventy five averaging player, I've and he there. is priced below that right but now. If they're ever going to try a few things like we've been saying as well, then surely just chucking Dugowie in for the last ten games, you know, at least ten games straight, and just chucking him in the guts, see if he can actually produce it and stop putting him forward whenever there's a chance you're going to win a game. If you just leave him in there and just see how he goes, if, if the season's lost, you at least find out if he's actually worth, you know, playing in there going forward or if you just run with the kids. I, I think I think it's a it's a tempting option given he did get the centre bounces, but again, it's the same sort of side bottom situation, I think, Harmy, but obviously couple of hundred K difference between those guys, but also the ceilings are do, completely Do you know different. where I'd do it, Doss? If I had a Miles Bergman still in my team or someone around that price and I've done my two other trades and I, and I don't really have any money to do anything with my third, so I can flip a rookie off and bring in a premium, you know, quotation marks, that's going to play every single game until you decide to get rid of him. So that's probably where I prefer it. But, yeah, it's... It's interesting. I've got to take my glasses off here because I hate Jordan Dugowie so, so much for a very <laughs> wide range of reasons. But, um, yeah, oh, you could do it. You tend to I'm rambling it. now. Lou, you're the one who's shown the faith, though. You've had him the whole season. We haven't. We've <laughs> jumped off. Everyone else has jumped off. <laughs> that, that's just me being stubborn and moving rookies off first, which uh, it's worked out all right for me so far. So, we'll see how we go. Paying off. Uh, Craig wants to ask you this question, John. Uh, what type of trading should we be doing in round twelve when most players have had their uh, have not had their buy? Um, he's hoping to use one of his trades this week to bring in Kelly uh, or Whitfield to help him through the round thirteen and fourteen buy. So it's okay to bring in someone with that buy uh, this week to just to sort your structures out. Uh, well, yes, it is. Um, it- I sort of try to use this week as um, to build cash in order to fund my upgrades going forward. In past years, I mean, and we'll see what transpires over the course of the week because we might get some rookies named, but in past years, there has been rookie options to go to. And I guess I didn't take Bianco last week because I thought I'll just have a look at him. Uh, but I think, I mean, everyone should be looking to try and bring him in this week. Just to, um, And for, for me, it was quite straightforward um, at the minute because I've got Barry who got that head knock from uh, Adelaide. So I'll take my 120000 from him and, and bring in Bianco. So normally I try and get my money in this week in order to fund some of my upgrades in uh, future weeks. But um, I have, uh, like what Craig's saying there, I, I've been looking at a similar thing. Um, and if I could go Tom Phillips to Josh Kelly and be set for next week and focus on other trades next week, then I'd say that that's um, a good play. But the thing is, you've got to make sure it's a decent upgrade. There's no point sideways trading this week, Craig. So. And entering the buyers as well, what sort of structure are you going with? That one's from uh, Josh. Can you take us through some of your preferred buy strategies or do you just go with an 8, 10, 12 or a 9, 10, 11 sort of coming in in terms of uh, non-playing players there? Yeah, look, ideally you're going to have 20, 21 um, players every week, uh, but that is going to be really reliant on you having no red dots on your bench. Uh, and I, for one, can put my hand up and say that that's not me. I think I've got three last round, maybe, um, and that's really going to come back to hurt you. So that that is definitely a factor. I mean, it's fine to say, yeah, I'm, I'm 10, 10, 10, but really, I mean, is it is it really... 10107 or 10105 you know so that, that's probably the first um, and most important thing in that my structure at the moment it isn't very good i mean yeah you'd probably have a 81012 or more likely a 91011 if you can work it my structure at the moment if i have a look at last weeks is 7815 
And what that means for me is I'm going to have to probably hold some of my 12 and 13 players through. So um, because I need to trade out some of my round 14 players and bring in those guys as they come off their buy. So like Craig said before, I mean, ideally for me, um, I'd be getting your 12 and 13 rookies coming through in the next couple of weeks. So I can bring them in and correct and trade out some of those 14s. And I'll give you some names um, uh, like... Warner, uh, Berry, um, maybe even Tom Highmore. Those sorts of guys would be nice to get out and get some new rookies in to fund my upgrade of, say, Sarong to Neil. That sort of thing would be awesome in that last round. And last one for you, John. We've held you so long. Sorry about that. But uh, this one from Mark. Um, he just wants to know, how much time do you invest in fantasy footy per week to to be the uh, one of the goats that we've seen you in the fantasy community? And also, does it dampen your passion for the footy um, when you have your C on an opposition player? So, if you're, you're putting the C on uh, a bloke going up against your mighty Dons there, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, well, but, but see, players are scoring well against the Bombers. I'm not as parochial about that sort of thing. Uh, I was a little bit dirty a few weeks ago when one of my worst picks for the year, Caleb Sarong, was tagging one of my best picks, um, Zach Merritt, and he had the <laughs> captaincy uh, band on. That was a bit hard to watch. So, Snap. I mean, yeah, I, I don't um, – look, it, it fluctuates. When I was in a position to win a couple of years ago, um, I was investing a lot of time into it, and it's quite a, it's actually quite stressful. But these days, I can, I'm just sort of uh, – I can just sort of take or leave it a little bit. I'm sort of not as stressed out by it. But um, I, I just enjoy watching footy. Like, I'm a footy fan. I love watching a game of footy. So, um, I mean, I can sit down and watch it and take out of it what I will. Yeah, yeah, looking at the stats all the time. Um, and, yeah, I, I went and watched a game of footy, Hawthorne versus um, uh, North Melbourne a couple of weeks ago with my son. And... I was absolutely spewing when CJ got not laid out, um, and because I, I could, didn't see the incident, and so I was fuming uh, sitting there in the stands. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you do take it personally, um, particularly when I could see him uh, sitting on the bench and he was doing his runs up the sideline, but they wouldn't let him back on the field. But um, yeah, it's hard. It is hard to take at times. But look, I just, I just love the game. So and I love fantasy, and um, there's a lot of good people around. It's like a really good community too, and people that like you guys. Guys, um, I've been really enjoying your content, and um, I actually I, I do listen to a lot of the podcasts and stuff because I drive um, to work a little bit every day. So um, do enjoy that. So uh, and so, how many hours? Sort of like you, you just sort of listen to a few pods here and there, do a bit of your own research, write a few notes as well, and that's how you get those hats, mate. Yeah. A bit, but look, I plan out the buys. Like this, this time of year, probably a little bit more. And um, I was trying to work through my trades last week. They took a little bit, but oh, I don't know. If you ask my partner, she'd probably say about um, twenty hours or something. But, <laughs> but, but, but no, really, it's only I don't know a few hours. And um, we watch. I probably only watch about two games a week at the minute. Yeah, on my well, phone because there's always kids movies on the main TV in my house. Yep, standard. <laughs> All right, Harmy. Well, thanks, mate. Uh, thanks for giving us so much of your time as well. Um, and we appreciate, yeah, appreciate you uh, out on the Twitter sphere as well. Uh, do you want to give us your little handle there? It's just John Harmy, isn't it? J O N Harmy. That's right. Yep. Uh, maybe you tag me in something later on, Doss, and um, people can see it. But yeah, shoot me a message if you um, you want to. I get it. Louis gives me some advice from time to time, which I appreciate. Thanks, Lou. Uh, likewise, uh, mate, it comes back both ways. So, yeah, we, we, we support each other in the fantasy community. And then when <laughs> it goes wrong, we get to blame each other too. So, I'm glad I didn't take that Zach Bailey tip you gave me though. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, I think, um, I think I'm going to get stuck into that after this, that Zach Bailey pick, unfortunately. But, hey, you know what? He's going this week. So, onwards and upwards. See you later, Zach Bailey. <laughs> Suits the buy structure. Well, thanks again, Harmy, and good luck with your trades. Bringing in Lipinski and Chris Main this week, mate. Thank you, and I will enjoy watching them. Legend, Harmy. Thanks, mate.
Huge thanks to Harmy for coming on and joining us for a massive chat, Lou, and uh, appreciate your time here as well. And good luck, everyone else, for navigating the buyers this week. Uh, to our listeners, we wish you all the best. And if you've got any questions or anything like that, hit us up at podpodafl. We know a lot of questions floated through, but we had a massive chat with Harmy. We took up way too much of his time, actually, and snuck in a few more uh, minutes than we were supposed to. So we'll try and get to some of your questions that you floated uh, on the socials. And uh, anyway, but Louis, any final any final words of wisdom before heading into these buys? Look, just be on top of your structure. And actually, I, I will just drop this quickly, Doss. Um, and it's something that I got caught out on um, a couple of days ago. I had to make slight adjustment. Is that I had twenty one players playing one week. Mm. The problem was eight of those were defenders. Yeah, couldn't field two of them. So I had to do a little bit of adjustment. Luckily, I had DPP. And I'm able to get them in my midfield. But that's one thing that I can't remember mentioning yet is that when you're counting your players, make sure you're not stacked particularly in one line because you're not going to be able to field them. That's like a little bit of a- a little bit of final word of wisdom, Lou, that we always love. But good luck to everyone. And again, yeah, just good luck navigating these buyers. We're going to need a bit of luck, I think, Lou, but we should get through. Good luck, everyone.